0: Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Here are my top three favorite things I love about UberLube. Number one, Uberlube makes sex feel a lot more pleasurable. It's as simple yet as powerful as that. Number two, Uberlube is recommended by leading doctors, and its body friendly ingredient list is widely used by people with sensitivities to lubricants. And number three, Uberlube will not stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. Get your bottle of Uberlube now with code SexEdWithDB for 15% off at uberlube.com. We talk a lot about sex education, but when I'm shopping for products to support my sexual wellness, exploration, and expression, I head to the experts at Lion's Den. Lions Den is an adult retailer with over fifty locations nationwide and hundreds of your favorite brands. They have everything you need to explore and express your sexual side. Right now, you can use code SEXED with DB for fifteen percent off your purchase in store and online at lionsden.com. Follow them on social media at Lions Den Adult on Instagram and TikTok for exclusive offers, deals, and giveaways. Flicking the bean, wanking, self-loving. Jilling off, ménage moi. All of these are different and very creative ways to say masturbation. For 21 days, I conducted a masturbation experiment with one of my favorite vibes ever, the magic wand. In a nutshell, I wanted to answer one question What is the impact of daily magic wand use on my health and wellness, as well as my sexual experience, when compared to regular sexual activity and no sexual activity? The results surprised me more than I thought they would. Want to see the hypotheses and the results for yourself? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwandexperiment to learn more. So, you're ready to experiment with anal play, but you're not sure where to start. If I were you, I'd start with education and products by a company founded by a doctor who's an expert on anal sex. I'm talking about Future Method. Future Method develops science backed products and doctor led education to maximize pleasure, eliminate injury, and empower the way people choose to play in the bedroom. They even have a blog that puts education at the forefront on topics both popular and taboo. Use code SexEdWithDB for 15% off at futuremethod.com. Hello, friends. I hope you're having a great week so far. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of Sex Ed with DB. Today we have on the wonderful Elena Joy. Uh, She is a YouTuber and she is super authentic, really, really kind, such a great storyteller. Uh, This is one of the few interviews I feel like I've done where I just feel like I'm not even looking at the interview questions that I have. We're just like, Bing bong, bing bong, like back and forth, just like chatting, laughing, talking about real stuff, uh, tearing up. There's a lot of a lot of great stuff in this episode. Um, we talk about all things sexuality here. Uh, Elena is a late bloomer lesbian, and we talk all about her journey to getting there. And we also talk a little bit about a sexuality update from yours truly. So stay tuned. Listen into the episode to find out what we're talking about and write into us if you related to this episode or if you like this episode, uh, sexedwithdb at gmail.com. And before we launch into the ep, I want to remind you all about our bestie crew through Curious Sex Ed, uh, hosted by me and Mariah at Sex Ed Files. Uh, A little bit about it, we're real sex educators answering even realer anonymous sex ed questions. And we really believe that curiosity around bodies, relationships, and sexuality is for everyone. So we want you to learn with us as we educate about amazing sex ed topics and share a lot of juicy personal stories along the way. And if you want to join, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash ed. Uh, And if you want to ask an anonymous sex ed question, you can go to our link tree, we might answer it on the podcast. And the first three episodes of Curious Sex Ed are available through Sex Ed with DB wherever you get your podcasts. And then you can listen exclusively on buy me a coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash curious sex ed. And here I am with Elena Joy. Elena Joy. Hello. Hello, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely just jazzed that you're here today. Uh, I mentioned this before we started, but my editor turned Mm -hmm. me on to you and she loves you. And So I'm very excited that we are able to get you on the podcast (laughs) for her behalf, mine and everyone
1: else's. What's your editor's name? her name is Sadie Sadie hello Sadie
0: oh, I'm sure she's <laughs> oh, gonna freak out yeah. um, that's really awesome uh, I'm really really glad to have you here today today we're you know the overarching topic why keep our audience in suspense we're talking mm-hmm. about late bloomer lesbianism mm-hmm. here we're talking hello. about late hello <laughs> here nice we are um, yeah. we're talking about late bloomer queerness um mm-hmm. and I think that this is a story uh that hits home for a lot of people. Um, including myself as someone who has recently been identifying as bi, which is really okay. fun. Hey, Hello. Okay. Welcome. Yes. We're here. We're here. We're queer. Get used <laughs> yes. to it. Um, and so I'd love for you to... Just introduce yourself, whatever that means to you. Tell us a little bit about your journey towards oh becoming goodness. a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. like half a million subscribers. <laughs> You're rocking and rolling on there, which is very impressive, by the way. Thank Congratulations. You. Thank you. Um, and just tell me like what kind of motivates you and inspires you to create the kind of content that you do.
1: Oh boy, what a question. It's like a five-parter, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, how much time do we have? I guess I mean there's a lot there. I started making content on the internet. Pfft. As I was graduating high school. Oh, wow. Uh, yikes. Um, because I was living in a small town. I grew up in a very small religious um, conservative place, rural Manitoba, for any of you who are uh, familiar with that? Canada. Okay, Canada. In in Canada. You're Canadian. Okay. uh uh-huh. um, And I found YouTube. And this kind of becomes a through line in the, whatever, over a decade of, you know, time I've been making content. I found YouTube and I found this community. I found a place where people were making videos. They were making friends. They were talking about things that I didn't have people to talk about with in my, in my day-to-day life. Um, and I wanted to be a part of it. I always loved video from the, you know elementary school. I picked up my dad's camcorder and I like, started making music videos with my friends and um, was hooked. And so it felt like the, this place that I wanted to be. So I started making just you know silly videos as YouTube circa 2010, yeah, um, 2012 was, and then over time, I guess my sense of community or my the desire for a different type of community that shifted as my kind of identity, my understanding of myself shifted. So I started making more content around mental health as I got a little bit older. Then I realized my own queerness. I started making videos around bisexuality. Um, That community was an incredible place for me because I did not have queer community in my day-to-day life, in my face-to-face, quote-unquote, IRL life. I did not have that. Um, So it was huge for me to find that space online and to get to be a part of it. And then, you know, pandemic, COVID hits. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and whoopsie, I'm a lesbian, <laughs> and so you know my content as it evolved along along with me, and and I started making videos as myself, and and mm. here we are today. That's like the quickest version I can I can give. That was
0: good, yeah. Okay, <gasps> and yeah. By the way, like I've chatted with a bunch of friends about this, about mm-hmm. like this idea of like whoops, TikTok made me gay. Um, <laughs> yeah my uh my friend daniella she's uh-huh. the one that kind of like literally wanted to make like a commercial that was yep. like, "Whoops, TikTok made me gay." Like, here's like a bunch of women specifically that I'm like,
1: pretty sure I have, have a this. literal YouTube video that's I mean, called TikTok made. No, my, I have a playlist on my YouTube channel. TikTok made me gay.
0: I don't doubt that at all. Like, because, it's real. Yeah, it, it is. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's like the power of the algorithm where mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I like this. I like this. I like this <laughs> a lot more. And you're just kind of like moving through. Mm-hmm. Um, but that makes sense. So you kind of like had this like slow realization and journey so you first mm-hmm. were kind of like okay maybe i'm bi and then like more, in the more recent years were like actually like the term lesbian like fits me
1: mm-hmm. better like
0: what was the kind of transition from bisexuality to being a lesbian and what what was the like yeah. confusion or excitement or all of the above different emotions mm-hmm. that came up
1: so tiktok <laughs> uh-huh. no but seriously it so again there's a lot (laughs) to dive into i i guess the 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 complicating piece one of the complicating pieces of my journey um is that i was in a long-term relationship with a man um and i think that relationship was a big part of my not recognizing um that I was gay versus bi mm. um, because I hadn't even considered that being gay was an option. Like I, I knew that I was in this relationship that brought so much joy and mm. fulfillment and companionship and love into my life. And so it didn't occur to me to question my attraction to men. Um, whereas I'd questioned my attraction to women from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And so discovering the label of bisexuality was this really beautiful, important moment for me. Um, and so it wasn't like a, a feeling of like, oh, maybe I'm bi for those years. It was, oh, this is me. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. This fits. Um, this feels good. It feels right. And then... It really was the pandemic hitting and me being kind of, in a lot of senses, taken away from the queer community that I had built. Because I, I had moved to BC, British Columbia, um, and I had found kind of a queer community in my city. And then COVID and, and the lockdown took that away. And it was now just me in my in my relationship. Um, we were engaged. Wow. And so we were starting to plan this wedding. TikTok is feeding me all the the most (laughs) beautiful women. women. (laughs) And it kind of became this um, pressure cooker of anxiety and fear and just knowing that something really didn't feel right, Mm. not knowing what that was. Um, And then as I kind of Faced unwillingly, faced this like, what if I'm gay? Um, that that's when kind of that that realization really sunk in. Like once it hit me, there was no turning back. It, it was like once that once that possibility came into my mind,
0: of something was unlocked.
1: Yes, and it was like I couldn't unsee it. Wow. Um, and so then. And we we're on to the next chapter. <laughs> this begins,
0: right? The next, wow. yeah. That it was that must tough. have felt very. I mean, especially because you know, and I think that a lot of people do share this experience of being yes. like, I've been in this relationship. It is a healthy, like, happy relationship, mm-hmm. but like my mind has just shifted Mm -hmm. to realize something that I don't think I was quite ready or willing or able to articulate before. And that must be really tough because if you're in a relationship where you're like, oh, I know we're not compatible or I know that you're not being a very good person to me or I know X, Y, and Z, it must feel a lot easier. But in your case, Mm -hmm. that sounds like a really, really big challenge.
1: Like even just hearing you say that back to me is like giving me goosebumps because – it's still like now it's, it's over three years later. Yeah. It's just over three years later now. And like, I'm still processing the impact of that and like how, how truly painful that time was in my life. Um, but also, you know, freeing and beautiful and exciting and, um, you know, coming into myself in so many ways. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and when and when it comes to like your public persona, mm, mm-hmm. were you kind of like already making those kinds of like videos about like mental health and about mm-hmm. like who you were, and then like your platform kind of shifted? Or talk me yes. through like how this happened for you publicly.
1: Oh god, just another layer of terror. <laughs> so yeah, my my relationship had been very public. My engagement was public. I I made my entire channel. <laughs> Was about the validity of being bisexual, being a woman and dating a man. And how it doesn't matter who you're dating, your queerness is valid, your bisexuality, your pansexuality is valid. I stand behind all of that, of course. So then when I realized that I actually wasn't by myself, it was, there was so much fear around knowing that this was something I couldn't, keep to myself, even if I wanted to, because I already had this public persona, this kind of public facing um, life. And I didn't want to be a fraud. I didn't want to be inauthentic, but I was so afraid that I was going to play into all of these negative stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, oh no, now I am going to feed into everything that I've been fighting against. And like, prove or or provide evidence for people who believe that bisexuality is just a phase or you're gonna choose a side eventually or uh bisexual people can't be monogamous they're cheaters whatever those kind of negative beliefs were i was like i'm gonna come forward with this and everything i've been fighting for the past seven five to seven years on my channel um is gonna mean nothing um and I, I really was prepared to lose my entire community. I was prepared mm. for um I was expecting I don't know what I was expecting, but I it was bad. You had a lot and, of doubts. Uh, a lot of doubts, a lot of fear. Um, but then when I posted the the video explaining everything, the like the re coming out, um I was shocked at not only the level of support, but like you said, the amount of other people who were feeling the exact same way or who had been in the exact same situation were on the exact same path of self-discovery. Um, and like me had never seen anybody talk about it, right? Like that was the fear is that I, there, I didn't see anybody else on YouTube talking about, like, I thought I was bi, whoops, I'm a lesbian. Mm-hmm. I've been dating a man for 10 years wow. and just realized I'm a lesbian. Right. Like, I didn't know that that was, that that was an okay way to be. I didn't know that that was a valid way to discover your queerness. All of, you know, all of those things. Um, so it wasn't just, not only was it a positive and supportive response, it was so much of, it it was building community again in in another way. Yeah, like me too. I, I I'm there too. I'm figuring this out right along with you. I'm I'm 20. I'm 30. I'm 40. I'm 50. I'm 60. I'm just realizing I'm a lesbian.
0: What worse? So- First of all, just like con- <laughs> con- congrats is like the <laughs> wrong word, but just like no I'll take it (laughs) I'm like very happy for you that like you there and I know for sure that there was like a lot of hardships a lot of tears Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. of reflection probably a lot of therapy a Mm -hmm. lot of like figuring out like how to be the most comfortable version of yourself Mm -hmm. and how to be really like proud about that especially as a public persona Mm -hmm. and I have like Uh, following where I can live off of it, but no one knows me on the street, right? And so I I understand the idea of like being – like having this community and feeling like you need to be honest with them but being worried about what – how they're going to react. Absolutely. And so – kudos to you for like really being brave and like being open and willing to kind of like, okay, this is, this is how I feel. And this is what's going on for me. You guys can take it or leave it, but here's, (laughs) here's what's going on. Um, And that's, that's really powerful. But I wonder if you like, I saw one of your videos uh, a -hmm. couple days ago about like, Oh, here are some like, here's a Google doc of like signs that you might be a lesbian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. can you talk about like for people listening, who kind of acknowledge that, like, sexuality is a spectrum. I think that our audience is kind of, like, the 102 sexuality class instead of the intro class. So they, like, kind of know about, like, the Kinsey scale. And they know about, Uh you know, the idea that sexuality changes over time. But Mm -hmm. um, at least for myself, you know, for the – I'm 30, like, for a long time, I was kind of like, yeah, no, like, I've had, like, a crush on a woman and I, like – I've had feelings for women, and I looked at I look at women, and I'm like, they're hot. I find them attractive, like, <laughs> yeah. and not being able to, you know, same thing. I'm engaged mm-hmm. to a man, been mm-hmm. together for – Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh, we've been together for seven years now, and, like, yep. I feel – so in love with him, so confident about our relationship. And it is, I find it very hard as a woman to be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I am bisexual. And you know, the questions are like, well, what's going to happen with your relationship? And like, there's a lot of backlash and like things that people don't really recognize. And so I'm wondering if you can just talk through some of the things that were coming up for you when you were in your relationship being like, what am I thinking about? Like, how, how does this label feel good for me? Like, what, yeah. what are my, like, connections that I'm making to feel comfortable using this label?
1: In terms of bisexuality or lesbianism or what?
0: Maybe both. Maybe I mean, because clearly you were yeah. kind of on that path, right? Mm-hmm. And bisexuality did feel really valid to you and felt mm-hmm. very at home. And then eventually you're settling on the term lesbian. So maybe, mm-hmm. like, what was going on for you at both times? Yeah,
1: the I think that for me... Being, feeling able to be open and, like, feeling comfortable in my queerness while I was dating a man was very much about um, a desire to be, a desire to not hide and to, like, be who I am, whether people are going to understand that or not. So it wasn't so much, I think I accepted my own queerness To a point, Mm -hmm. (laughs) as we've all seen Um, within myself enough that I was like, people are going to think what they want to think about our relationship. But it was very important to me that I was seen for who I was and who I was was a queer woman dating a man. So that was kind of the the guiding principle behind the bisexuality and like being open with that. Um, And then. It's so tricky to to speak generally about figuring out labels and figuring out what fits because everybody is so different. Mm-hmm. I know for me, part of the realization where I couldn't look away from it anymore was when um, my ex and I opened up our relationship, basically when I... I had a, oh God, I had a breakdown one day. It was after Ingrid Nilsson released her coming out video. I don't know if you were Uh -uh. familiar. She is this um, content creator. She's been doing content for a billion years. Um, She's very femme presenting. She did a lot of lifestyle content, makeup, beauty. She made a lot of content with her boyfriend at the time. And then, oh God, I'm getting chills again, remembering all of this. And then she broke the internet by... Out of nowhere, seemingly, posting a coming out video saying, I'm a lesbian. I had never seen somebody who looked like me uh, come out as gay. Mm. Sorry, it's like, I still have a lot of emotion attached to Please all of this. Please
0: don't apologize. This is the place to feel and to yeah. express.
1: So, like, I am forever grateful to her but I basically I had this breakdown after I watched that video because I was like, oh, God, what if I'm gay? Mm. This was 10 years ago, almost at this point. Um, and I, I brought this to my partner and he was like, OK, OK. So does this mean, you know, that you you don't want to be with me? And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to be with you. And he was like, OK. Um. Hmm. so are you saying like you don't you don't love me? And I was like no 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 I love you. And he's like hmm. <laughs> okay so
0: <laughs> He's like trying to puzzle Yeah he's trying to understand together. like the,
1: he's the most the uh, most wonderful person on this planet and mm. he's like okay so you, you're gay but you want to be with me, you love me, you enjoy our relationship you want to build our life together and I'm like yes and he's like okay so you're gay then? Are sure? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm bi. Ha, ha, ha. Like thinking I just had this moment because I hadn't really explored very much or I hadn't had a chance to like have relationships with women while I was like open and understanding of my own queerness. Anyway, so we open up the relationship. um, And I'm going to say maybe four or five years after that, I started having... um, I started exploring my queerness with women and other queer people, non-binary folks. And that's where I couldn't not look at it anymore. Right. Because there was a stark contrast in my experiences with men and my experiences with queer people.
0: So, like how you saw yourself and how you felt yourself opening up or connecting. Yes.
1: How I felt myself connecting. That's right. a really good word um emotionally physically it it was like there were parts of me that i thought didn't exist Mm. like i thought that i was demi-romantic because i thought i just don't experience romance feelings really nope (laughs) just gay dating men (laughs) um i thought there were a lot of things that i thought were true about my body and the way that my body responded to partners Mm. um or didn't respond that i thought was just my body nope Just gay and dating men. Um, So
0: fascinating. Yes.
1: So for me, there was a big experience component to it, which is frustrating for a lot of people who are questioning to hear because a lot of the the people that write into me, a lot of them are women in monogamous relationships with men questioning their sexuality. So Mm -hmm. it's not helpful for me to say I I had to experience it. That's how I knew. Right. But the big shift kind of – Um, In more and a more abstract shift was my understanding of the difference between experiencing desire myself and enjoying the experience of being desired. Mm. So when I realized that my whole life, what I was mistaking for desire was actually just an enjoyment of somebody else desiring me. It was like, yes, it was like, oh, wow.
0: I saw – sorry to interrupt you, but no, this is please. relevant. It's yeah. your own video. <laughs> I saw a video <laughs> of yours um, that was about you being like – you thinking about like all the guy friends that you had mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. and like how you've had a crush on all mm-hmm. of them. And mm-hmm. I re- <laughs> I just really love that moment in the video. You're just like, wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> you're like live thinking through like – yes what that feels like. And I think this is relevant Mm -hmm. to this idea of like mistaking your kind of like feelings for how it feels to have someone else Mm -hmm. feel for you. And I think this is where like the messiness of like, of like crushes and friendships and romance can like swirl around here. Yeah. And that point is just really interesting to me of like, do I authentically like this or do I just like that you like me and like how to yes. parse those feelings
1: and how to parse out whether they like me or not, how to parse out friendship from romance. Like I right. didn't understand. I didn't know the difference because I had very, very few experiences of romantic attraction. Um, So I was misunderstanding a lot of my own experience as attraction when that's not what it was. And then when I started experiencing attraction and allowing myself to lean in, like Mm -hmm. allowing myself to be in that feeling of attraction, like of experiencing attraction myself, that's when it was like, oh, this feels very different Mm. than these other things that I thought were attraction in the past. And, you know, I'm I'm still learning my own body I'm still learning my own um the way that I experience attraction yeah. I'm still learning that for myself because I I misunderstood it for so many years
0: mm-hmm. when you were a kid do mm-hmm. you feel like there were kind of like these moments of like you would see women either like cartoons or kind of like in real life or in movies mm-hmm. and you'd be like oh like I um, there's an attraction there, but maybe it's related to like the makeout scene of like with a guy, or like mm-hmm. how how did you kind of like connect that from your childhood?
1: <sighs> yeah, see, I I didn't make the connection that what I was experiencing was attraction, like that the break there wasn't even. This is something that how do I explain this? This is part of the reason that it that this took me so long is like I I. Genuinely, it didn't occur to me that what I was experiencing was attraction. So, what there were no mental loop g- like gymnastics. There right. were no jumping through hoops, convincing myself you didn't of whatever. It. No, because I didn't like Meg from Hercules. Yeah, obsessed. I was obsessed with her. <laughs> of course. Like that, it was my favorite movie because I loved Meg from Hercules. Yeah. Um I had this best friend in in elementary school that, like, when she moved away, I cried for days. I didn't I would break up with a boyfriend and not like my mom has said to me that she was worried about me mm. because I flew through boyfriends so fast in junior high like I had 50 of them and we would break up and I'd be on to the next one and my mom was like oh this is concerning behavior from Elena You're like no mom I'm just in my
0: sweat era I grow up <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but she was like when you break up with someone like aren't you supposed to be sad and I was just like like right. couldn't give couldn't give two shits um That's so interesting so it, it there wasn't this like i think it, it was so deep down repressed but not even repressed because this is maybe a bit of a twisted thing to say and i don't mean it like i don't actually mean like this was a good thing because it obviously was not but maybe in in some way that was the benefit of like growing up religious It mm. was like It wasn't presented to me as an option that girls could like girls. I didn't know.
0: Were you Christian or what
1: religion? Yeah. Yeah. Grew up in a religious town, very involved in the church, all of that fun stuff. Um, So it didn't until Ellen came out. Right. Like, I remember the moment. I remember where I was. I remember who I was with, what I was doing when I found out Ellen was gay. Because I was like, wait, women can be? Gay? I didn't
0: know. They're
1: allowed? Yeah, I had no idea. Wow. So there wasn't this like jumping through hoops in my own brain to like figure, like convince myself of my feelings for women because I just was like, I don't know, I just like them.
0: <laughs> Ever since getting engaged to my wonderful fiance, I've been thinking about ways to keep things fun and novel between us, but I, of course, wanted to feel organic. I wanna be able to feel sexy and comfortable in my body while trying something new. Thanks to Lion's Den, a new adventure I've been exploring is the world of lingerie. I never really was a big lingerie girl myself, but once I started trying on lingerie that accentuated my curves, felt super soft to the touch, and made me look in the mirror and felt wildly confident in my skin, that changed pretty quickly. Plus, when I searched for what I might like on Lion's Den's website, I saw models that actually looked like me. They were curvy and thick and voluptuous, and it made all the difference to see models that have my body type. Want to join me in my new lingerie chapter? Right now, you can use code sexed with DB for 15% off your purchase in-store and online at lionsden.com. Follow them on social media at Lions Den Adult on IG and TikTok for exclusive offers, deals, and giveaways. What if I told you that I did a masturbation experiment with the magic wand and the results were incredible? Don't believe me? Let me share a few things with the class. When using the magic wand every day, I experienced less stress, anxiety, and physical tension. I reported more frequent positive moods when using the magic wand every day, including higher levels of confidence. My level of horniness increased over time when using the magic wand every day. Want to see how else the magic wand impacted me positively? Go to sexedwithdb.com slash magicwandexperiment to learn more. Let's talk about a lube I absolutely love, Uberlube. Uberlube makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction and increasing pleasure. Whether you're using it for solo sex, sex with a partner, or both, Uberlube has a long-lasting performance that lets skin feel skin. It has simple, body and condom-friendly ingredients, is scent and color-free, dissipates when no longer needed, so there's no sticky residue, and is recommended by leading doctors. Use code SexEdWithDB for fifteen percent off at Uberlube.com. What do you know about pegging? If you've seen that one incredible Broad City episode like the rest of us, you probably know that pegging involves a woman, trans man, or non-binary individual without a penis, wearing a strap on dildo, and penetrating their partner who has a penis. But did you know that there are actual benefits of pegging for straight couples? I'll share a few with you from an anal surgeon and booty expert at Future Method. Number one, reaching the full potential of one's orgasms. Prostate orgasms are powerful and can often be felt throughout the body. Number two, becoming closer with your partner and adding new dimensions to your relationships. And number three, learning to be submissive or dominating in a new position can be quite difficult to achieve, but when you can master these sensations, it opens the door to new relationship dynamics. Go to futuremethod.com to check out the expert written guide on pegging, and don't forget to use code SEXEDWITHDB for 15% off at checkout for amazing button gut goodies. That's kind of, like, calming, though, right? I mean, because maybe it would have been a little bit more of a challenge if Mm -hmm. you had been thinking a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. I didn't have this – I didn't have that, like,
1: internal struggle of, like, am I gay? Am I this? Am I that? I didn't have that Mm because I was like, well, I like men. Like, they all like everybody else, so that's totally fine Mm -hmm. until – um, high school, I thought that all girls felt the same way that I did about girls. I thought that was just how we all felt, obviously, until I learned mm-hmm. that that was not true. When I learned that bisexuality existed, and I was like, oh my God. So not everybody, not everybody makes out with their best friend and. Is like super jealous when when we date other people, and then all of a sudden we're not friends anymore for some reason when we start dating guys. You're so- like soft
0: launching this. This is a very big piece of information here. <laughs> yes.
1: So that I- happened to you in high school? Absolutely. Me and my best friend were like fully dating, but wow. we didn't know.
0: <laughs> were you like we're just practicing? We're just practicing. <laughs>
1: practicing for the boys or like this is just like we're just really close friends
0: wow we're just I would like really close to friends. see an A24 movie based on this <laughs> yeah. story I'm sure it's in the works
1: and yeah yeah wow it, okay. there's so, so much
0: yeah so it was really kind of like uh I don't have the ability to allow or even under comprehend like how I could be exactly. this way if it's not possible for me exactly
1: yeah. I didn't have it the it wasn't in my mind the Mm -hmm. concept of being a woman who's who's um exclusively attracted to other women other queer people it was not had not entered elena's realm of possibility so there wasn't this like deep internal struggle about it the only deep internal struggle was around the religious piece Mm -hmm. which is like a bit separate
0: So in a lot of your videos, just transitioning to mental health really quick, you Mm -hmm. chat about mental health in relation to queerness and identity. Mm. And I'd love to know like how you think these topics intersect and any advice that you have for people who are kind of navigating their own mental health, um, either joy or struggles, like while they're kind of figuring out this uh, potentially large part of themselves.
1: Hmm. Another big question from Danielle. <laughs> um, I think that the mental health and identity are inextricably connected, um, but are also things that can be addressed separately. So it's not like you can't have um, positive mental health. It doesn't. It doesn't mean you can't have. Uh, can't take care of your mental health and also not be out or also not know about your identity, that's absolutely possible. For me, recognizing who I was and then coming out as that person to the world and then living as that person, it was like seeing the world with color for the Mm -hmm. first time, you know? So there's... Oh that's a tricky one cuz there's so there's so much complexity here because I I was very lucky and that my family accepts me. Mm. Um I have a community around me. I have a wonderful partner now. Um and that's and those are all things that contribute to uh my feelings of well-being. And not everybody has that. Um so I think you have to look at the balance when deciding how how out to live or like how fully to like to live as your true self, mm-hmm. you have to look at your own situation and balance kind of what are the things that I will gain? What are the things that I will lose that I will maybe lose? A lot of the time you you think that you're going to lose somebody and you don't. Or mm. maybe you lose them for a little bit and then they come back. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, you know, prioritizing your safety, obviously, if you're, if you're living, if you're under any sort of control of, of somebody else, like living with family or you're right. um, young, still in school, whatever it is, you know, maybe wait.
0: <laughs> right. <It> is, <laughs> Unfortunately. You're right. It is really tricky. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like if we were having this conversation in the 80s or something, you'd Mm. think it would be, we we would have like the same answers, which is like a very sad part of it. I do think that like with, at least in the US, like with current legislation under many, many states, like Mm -hmm. it is actually scary and Mm -hmm. not safe for many people to come out in whatever capacity. And I just wish that that wasn't the case. And I hope that, with the access that most people have to the internet, that online community could potentially serve those folks who are living in a place or with people um, or in a culture that doesn't accept them for who they are.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's the best general piece of advice that you can give for mental health and queerness is find community, whether that is in your town in person, queer meetup groups or it's the internet consuming queer content. Um, there's all sorts of different groups, supports that are that are online because isolation is
0: mm, terrible.
1: It's terrible, and it, and it's a really um, uh, what's the word? It can isolation contributes to. Depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. loneliness—all sorts of um,
0: things that you you
1: don't you don't really want for your mental yeah. health.
0: Yeah, and if you're listening and you feel like there are people around you in your community who have come out or who have talked to you about coming out, the most protective thing that you can do is say, "I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. I yes. love you for who oh, you that's are." Such a good Let point. me know how I can support you. Here are some organizations <sighs> that you know we can you know, look to to get resources or community Mm -hmm. or advice. Um, And I think that that is like a very easy script that you can follow if you're Mm -hmm. on the receiving end of somebody coming out or kind of struggling with their identity. Yeah, that's a really important piece. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about like your audience. And Mm -hmm. I think like, you know, someone like you who has like half a million or more, like, that's a lot of people (laughs) who are looking you know. to you and who are consuming your content and your everydayness and mm. just like want to be around you. And I'm sure that there has been a lot of kind of interactions that have had mixed bag, but I'm sure mm-hmm. there are some that stick out that are really, really positive positive where people have told you their, you know, what, what your impact has been on them. Mm -hmm. And I would love if you have any stories or kind of like, you know, any really rewarding kind of feelings that have come up for you doing this.
1: I mean, yeah, it would be hard to pick one because I'm, I'm very, I'm lucky. My audiences are this group of wonderful people. So 99% of the interactions I have are like these positive um, connecting experiences Mm. um I (laughs) one that stands out to me from recently was um I was in a coffee shop and I walked into the coffee shop I sit down with my coffee and this woman's kind of sitting at a table um close to me and she Kind of, she kinda of reaches over and she's like, Hey, I just wanted to say like I love your podcast, I love your your um, content. Or she said, Yeah, I love your podcast and, and I love your YouTube content, of course. Just wanted to say hi. And I was like, Oh great, nice to meet you. And I keep doing my stuff, whatever. And then she gets up to leave, her and the this she was with a guy, and she comes back over, this is maybe like thirty minutes later, and she's like, Okay. I just wanted to say that I hate what I said before. And this is what I really wanted to say. And then she talked about um, bisexuality and how included she felt in my content. And just she said all of these really lovely, wonderful mm. things. She's tearing up. I'm tearing up. Like it was, it was a really nice moment, but it stands out to me because of the like return yeah. after like already saying hi and it made me think, because often—not often—every time when I meet somebody, after I meet them, they walk away. I have this anxiety, like oh, I hope that that was okay. Like I hope that like I, I was I met nice. It up to their yeah, expectations. yeah. I hope that I wasn't too nervous. I hope that I wasn't awkward. You know, all the social anxiety things. And that was like the first thing she said was was lovely. Like she said whatever it was that she said yeah. about the content. I was like, thank you. Oh, you made my day. But then the fact that she felt she needed to come and, like, say, that wasn't good. I, I hated what I said. Here's, like, what I actually wanted to say. I was like, okay,
0: we're all in this together. We're all nervous. Everyone we're- feels fucking <laughs> yes. weird about this. <laughs> yeah. But we, like, want to interact with each yes. other. Yeah. This is kind yeah. of, like, the the just ordinary life of, like, meeting someone that you really admire. And, like, we're all just people, like, living on this fucking floating rock, just, like, trying to figure our shit (laughs) out. Some are obviously, like, way more privileged and, like, lucky Uh than others. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, when you meet someone who you really admire, you're like, oh, they're just, like, a person who, like – just takes a shit every day like the rest of us and like just like you know like, like we build these people up in our head absolutely and like, you're definitely one of those people for other people and you have those people and it kind of like continues mm-hmm. right like it's kind of like this never-ending thing with this culture of celebrity that we have mm-hmm. and it must feel really fun and nice and really like rewarding when someone comes up to you but I can understand that anxiety of just mm-hmm. being like oh god like I I hope I I hope they like me.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like, I hope they like me times 10 because they have this idea of me from everything that's online. And it's like, am I living up to that idea in day to day? And then there's just the strange component of, um, of like, you know, so much about me and I know right. nothing about you, totally. you know, like you, I am a familiar face to you. You are a stranger to me. So there's like a, there's so, there's such a, it's a complex dynamic for sure. That,
0: that's how I feel with, I, my, like, basically the only podcast I listen to is Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. Okay. And I've just listened to like thousands of hours of it, mm-hmm. it feels. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this thing where people are like, I have a parasocial relationship yeah. with you. And yeah. when I, if I ever like meet them, right? There's this idea in my head of like, oh my God, I like know so much about them and they know nothing <laughs> about yes. me. And it's really a bizarre thing. And I kind of think about that for this podcast of like mm-hmm. there there are people out there, according to our data, who are listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. and I know nothing about you. And mm-hmm. you know, if you are so inclined, like listener, write into me and say hello and just like let me know who you are so I can feel like you know I get to know you too
1: that's the cool thing about meeting people out on the streets and like people coming up and saying hi is like oh it's a face oh you're a real person you're somebody that's that's watching that's listening so then when I get those moments of like what am I doing here who am I talking to what's the point
0: you're literally talking to your phone or your camera and you're like what the fuck what what is What is
1: this exactly I can remember th- those faces, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm speaking to this person. I'm doing this for this person. Or it's – or I'm doing it for, for little me who yeah. didn't have that representation, oh, really right?
0: sweet. That's really, really sweet. Well, I can tell you as someone who now knows you IRL that you uh-huh. definitely measure up. You are exactly <laughs> how your videos are. Um, I am okay. a, a new fan, but definitely a really – Uh, a big fan of your work and just everything that you do and how you approach everything and your authenticity. It's really, really refreshing. And it's been great chatting with you and getting to know you. Yeah. Um, Thanks
1: for reaching out. I'm glad that this worked.
0: Of course. And I think
1: it's obviously so important what you're doing, all of the sex education. And like, I, I go on your Instagram and I go through your reels and stuff and I'm like, oh, wow, she's like, you're giving well what you said I think it was before we were recording. Mm-hmm. You said providing the sex education that that women never had. Yeah true like that's that that is what you're doing and i'm I'm grateful and i'm
0: sure all of your all of your viewers and listeners are grateful too thank you that's so sweet um where can people find you we don't want to end this interview without uh giving you some plug space
1: right so i'm miss fender with two r's on pretty much everything um mainly youtube in and instagram some TikTok i dabble and i also have a podcast the chosen family podcast me ashley and mac we um were the gay family you never had
0: love it and that's i'm assuming on all platforms yes anywhere you get your podcasts on all platforms well elena joy thank you so much for being here today it's been a lovely lovely conversation and i can't wait to tune into more of your content
1: yeah i'm excited to see this come out i hope it helps
0: Our creator, host, and executive producer is me, Danielle Bezalow. Our producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our associate producer and communications coordinator is Sadie Luigi. Our marketing coordinator is Kate Fiala. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Thanks so much to our featured guests, partners, and listeners. Want to partner with us? Email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Instagram at podcast and on TikTok at sexedwithdb. For exclusive content and to submit an anonymous sex ed question, check out my new podcast on Fridays, Curious Sex Ed, hosted with Mariah Caudillo of Sex Ed Files. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash curioussexed to learn more. See you next time.